when you think about Santa, he's kind of a monster. I mean, he comes down here. Why is he in your house? Why is he in there? He's a home intruder. (laughs) Oh, you're in trouble now. Why? 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 This is IMDb is Obsessed, and I know you're probably in the middle of your holiday hullabaloo right now, but we're going to take a little bit of counter-programming. We're going to talk about some holiday horror favorites. I know that Christmas and New Year's and everything are all right around the corner, but we really want to just change directions a little bit and talk about our favorites, the top four favorite holiday horror movies on our list. Lizzie, I know that you've been looking forward to this yes. one. Yeah, you are a big horror fan and it doesn't stop after Halloween stops, No, right? it better not stop after Halloween. You know, we could have talked about our favorite holiday movies. We could have talked about why Love Actually is really a movie about a stalker who does not respect boundaries. We could have done all of that. True, true. But instead, uh, we want to, as Alex said, bring you our favorite holiday horror movies because sometimes you need a break. You need a break from the from the holiday cheer. And uh, we're going to provide that for you today with, I think, four really excellent picks. And I'm super, super excited. In addition to these being our four favorites, they are also uh, some fan favorites. We asked you guys on social media to give us your recommendations. We will have those as well a little later for you in the episode. So definitely stick around for some spooky (laughs) holiday fun. Let's get into our holiday favorites then. This is kind of the no-brainer pick, I would say. This is kind of a a fan favorite, a everything favorite. It's a cable classic. It's Gremlins. And if you don't know Gremlins, I'm sure you do. It's Christmas time in Kingston Falls, and it's being ruined by little green mischievous monsters in this traumatizing children's movie, I guess. Uh, Yeah, allegedly for children. Sure. I mean, it is in part the reason that the PG-13 was adopted by the MPAA, Oh, uh, although this still is a PG movie. This and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom were both two movies that they were like, I don't know. We're pushing this rating a little bit far. But anyways, still PG, still for kids and a really great film from 1984. It's got a 7.3 stars out of 10 uh, with 210,000 ratings. Wow. Um. Yeah, and if you want to watch it, it's on HBO Max right now. Uh, they're also planning a spinoff animated series in the future, so it'll be on there for a while. Directed by Joe Dante, written by Chris Columbus, also with a big assist from producer Steven Spielberg, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, starring Zach Galligan, Phoebe Cates, and country singer turned actor Hoyt Axton as Billy's dad. I just love shouting him out because he's such a funny character. Oh, I did not know that man was a country singer, but that uh, yes, he that was. aligns now that I've I've finally watched Gremlins. This is another movie that I have I had only seen when I was very little, and I think I'd seen bits and pieces of it on TV. I'd never like sat down with the intention of watching Gremlins, which I don't know how many people actually do sit down with the intention of watching it, but here we are, and it's great. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's really funny that you. Have, this was this was one that I was shown as a kid, as you know, it was teed up as this is a children's movie, Alex, like you'll love this. And then, you know, a little bit of a spoiler, but you know, the mom decapitates, uh, (laughs) or I'm sorry, Billy decapitates the gremlin uh, with a samurai sword, uh, you know, while it's attacking the mother and it goes into the fireplace and catches on fire. It's incredible, but 
should a five-year-old be watching it? Maybe not. I don't know. It shaped me to be the person that I am today, and that's not such a bad thing. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> the things I really loved about this movie are there's not a ton of plot going on. No, it's, it's what happens if the holidays went wrong. <laughs> there's just no explanation of what these things are, where they came from. Uh, there's no exposition behind the sort of rules that you get told at the beginning, and that's fine. You just don't need it. You need to see nope. Flashdance Gremlin. And they're right. That's <laughs> that is all I wanted and, in her tiny and leg warmers. Flasher gremlin and yes. all kinds of yeah, very weird and eighties uh, joke style gremlins. <laughs> they're definitely from like a different weirder time and like very Looney Tunes influence. Director John Dante is you know a guy who wears his influences on his sleeves and likes to put in a lot of like references to old old Hollywood and old cartoons and all of the things that he loves, which. Also just makes me so happy to like catch all those little references and those fun Easter eggs. Yeah, there's a lot. There's an entire scene in Gremlins. I think the the peak of the movie is a bar sequence where the Gremlins have multiplied to the point where they've filled out an entire bar and every Gremlin is a different personality. It's I remember in high school, I had an acting teacher who was like, the best scene in any movie is the Star Wars cantina scene because you could follow any of those characters out and it would be an interesting story. I disagree. I think the best scene is the gremlins in the bar. I'm going to go with that one now because I want to know the backstory behind Flashdance Gremlin. I want to know a poker gremlin story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's so many. How that one gremlin got a gun, yes. which is How did probably a scary story that I don't want to find out. A gremlin-sized gun. They found appropriately sized costumes. See, I and I have this in my notes, and I don't even really know why I wrote it down, but I said, the bar scene might still be my favorite scene, dot, 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 ever. And <laughs> so, true. yeah, we're in agreement there for, for sure. <laughs> also got to shout out Corey Feldman, uh, who's another star. He's great. Yeah. And, and there's one scene to look out for that I absolutely love to to go back to uh, Hoyt Axton, Billy's dad, Randall Peltzer. Uh, it is when he goes to an inventor convention somewhere in the middle yes. of the movie. He calls from the inventor convention. And if you watch in the background, there is a time machine uh, prop from the 1960 movie based on the H.G. Wells novel. And when it cuts away to the other side of the phone conversation, the time machine disappears as if it has gone back in time and all the people around her are, you know, waving oh, their arms wow. and, and yeah, <laughs> trying to react like it's, it's uh, disappeared. And the people in that scene in part are Steven Spielberg and composer Jerry Goldsmith. I didn't know that. And Robbie the robot from Forbidden Planet also in the shot. Why wouldn't a robot be there? That's amazing. That's so much yeah. fun. And yes, this is our first choice for obvious reasons. It's probably the most sort of quintessential Christmas horror movie uh but the reason that i think it's just truly delightful is it's really just the 80s got boiled down into one movie and that movie is gremlins so if you haven't seen this go check it out it's fun it's worth your time i would say maybe don't let kids under 12 watch it but over 12 (laughs) i think is fine if you're okay with your children seeing a mother blend a gremlin which honestly i am so you know that's fine it's a healthy treat yeah. Kids will learn about nutrition. No, they won't. <laughs> but yes, it is the platonic ideal of like Christmas horror and why it's number one on our list. Yeah. I do want to move on to number two, which is a movie that I think you don't get without gremlins because they are mm. cut from the same cloth. And our second pick is Krampus or Krampus, as the grandmother in this movie says, which you can <laughs> currently rent on Prime Video. The synopsis of this is a boy who has had a bad Christmas accidentally summons a festive demon to his family home. That demon, of course, is Krampus. It stars Adam Scott, 
Tony Collette, David Koechner, Conchata Farrell, who I love in this. Oh, also, yeah. Seth Green and Justin Roiland, who we may get to make some uh, voice acting appearances in this. It has a 6.2 out of 10 with just under 70,000 ratings on IMDb. It's directed by Michael Doherty, who also directed Trick or Treat from 2007, and Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, right after Krampus. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Krampus, uh, I believe he is he's a, like a Bavarian or an Alpine sort of folk legend creature. And he's like the the bizarro Santa, if you will. He yeah. is um, he's in folklore. I think he follows Santa around. And while Santa's like, you know, being jolly and doling out gifts, Krampus comes behind him to then beat the children that were bad along the same lines as gremlins. It is just pure fun. Uh, beginning to end. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Alex, how do you feel about Krampus? Oh, it's another great creature feature. And, you know, I was pretty on pretty much on board from the moment that it begins with the slow-mo Black Friday, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, fights of people just losing their minds in the malls. I knew that it was going to be another somewhat satirical take on Christmas and the meaning of the holiday and everything in in a very similar way that Gremlins is too. Gremlins is, you know, it got a lot of good commentary on the 80s and just kind of the uh, the generation as a whole. But this one, you know, updates that, has something to say about the holiday, what it really means, and does it in like a fun, gross, ridiculous, you know, monster-filled way that makes makes me so happy. <laughs> you know, it just yeah. fills my heart with joy during the holidays uh, to see, you know, a, a bunch of monsters stalking children uh, through a house. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, that's yeah. really when you think about Santa, he's kind of a monster. I mean, he comes down. Why your is he chimney. in your house? Why yeah. is he in there? He's a home intruder, <laughs> and I feel like that this movie really does um, nail that that fear of Santa in some ways. Um, and actually, Alex, we're not the only ones that are making the connection to the '80s. Um, the director of Krampus himself did make the connection directly, and yes, oh. I did listen to the majority of the Krampus director's commentary. Uh, I have a lot of time on my hands. And one of the things that he called out is that he actually wanted to use the old 1980s Universal Studios logo as an homage to 80s classics like Gremlins, uh, and they would not let him use oh, it. Oh, I love when sadly. movies do that. That's I know. Bad. It really would have set the tone. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he very much was was hearkening back. Also, you mentioned that Gremlins was part of the genesis of PG-13. This one almost got an R rating, not for the child being, spoiler alert, swallowed whole by a toothy clown tube, but because <laughs> um, the, there's a shot, there's a one shot of one of the kids drinking a sip of the spiked hot chocolate, and that almost got them an R rating. <laughs> wow. The clown is supposed to be, what, a jack-in-the-box snake monster? It's horrifying. I mean, it is. it was hard to look at. It's it's R rating for sure, but eh, <laughs> they they sneaked it in there and, you know, more power to them for it. It was it was a delight. I, I loved I loved all the monster uh, designs and everything, even if they were, you know, out of your nightmares. Yeah, they're they're scary. Like, I would not describe gremlins as particularly scary, I think, just no, because... No, and they're fun. They're, they're fun. fun. These yeah. are scary. There is something in Krampus that is like a baby doll and an owl had a horrible hybrid child, and that thing is such a nightmare. I mean, it's great. The the creatures in this... <laughs> I actually think Weta um, worked on this because it was shot mostly in New Zealand. Oh, okay. Um, So the, the creatures in this film, if you are a fan of that type of thing, they are pretty excellent. I also have to shout out Conchata Farrell, who plays the 
aunt in this, the sort of disgruntled aunt who doesn't like children and just wants to drink her peppermint schnapps uh, in the corner. <laughs> She's very fun. She's an actress who you'll see show up absolutely everywhere. Edward Scissorhands, L.A. Law, Two and a Half Men, everything. Um, she passed away a few years ago, but she's truly a legend. And she's very, very fun in this. The last thing I'll say about this is uh, Tony Collette and Adam Scott make a great couple. I would love to see them together again. And if you're a Tony Collette horror fan, look out for a little hereditary preview in this movie. Sure. There is a shot. I think, Alex, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yep, I do. I do know exactly what you're talking it's about. It's like yes. an almost identical shot to yep. <laughs> something she's, at the end. She's done a number of horror movies. She she's, has. You know, between uh, Sixth Sense as well. I, I, she, she likes you know, she's the She's like 27 in that. Yeah, she's so good. She's I, amazing. I love Tony Collette. I do too. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, should we move on to our third choice? Yes. And our third pick on our holiday horror list is Black Christmas. If you haven't seen it, the synopsis is, during Christmas break, sorority girls are stalked by a killer. It's from 1974. It's got 7.2 stars out of 10 with 37,000 ratings. Um, it's on Tubi with commercials if you want to watch it or Criterion Channel if you subscribe. It's directed by Bob Clark and it's starring Margot Kidder, who you might remember as Lois Lane from yes. Superman. Olivia Hussey from that 1968 Romeo and Juliet movie, mm -hmm. if you've ever seen that one. Very classic. And Keir D'Elia. Um, who is Dave, as in, sorry, I can't yeah, do that, Dave. Yeah, 2001 uh, from, A Space Odyssey. Exactly. And it's the classic, kind of maybe one of the first slasher movies that really set the template for what a slasher movie would, would become. And it's also really, really scary and eerie it and is. creepy and atmospheric and just set a lot of those templates in place for people to, you know, kind of blow out in every different direction in the future. Yeah, I had no expectations going into this because I had never seen this um, prior to Alex sort of choosing this as one of his uh, one of his choices for this episode. And I'm so glad that I had to watch it because it is it's excellent. Um, yeah, he's totally right. And you can see the genesis of not even just slasher movies in this, but there's the whole opening sequence. And most of the time when you see the killer, you don't see him. You're from his POV. Correct. Um, and at the beginning in particular, it's extremely reminiscent of one of my other favorite movies, which is The Silence of the Lambs. If you remember mm -hmm. the scene at the very end where Buffalo Bill is tracking her um, in the dark with the night vision goggles, you can 100% see how Jonathan Demi had to have watched Black Christmas. Like, there's no way. Um, and it's just, it's really cool. Or he possibly watched Halloween, yeah, which opens which does exactly the same, thing. the same. Yes. And that connection is even closer in it, but... If you look back at the slasher genre, it kind of begins with Peeping Tom in 1960. It's the first one that ever actually used the killer's POV. Mm. Also in 1960 was Psycho. Yes. Psycho did too, actually. Yeah, Psycho did use some of that. Peeping Tom came out first, and it's like really the one where it's you're in his mind as he's killing. Mm. Um, there's a Bay of Blood from 1971, the Italian Mario Bava movie, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. These are all kind of like laying the groundwork for what slashers would become until this 
Black Christmas in 1974 that really made the model. John Carpenter was a big fan of Black Christmas, and he actually wanted to make this mountain man psycho killer movie with Bob Clark directing. And he came to him. They got, you know, kind of into pre-production. They were starting to cast it. And at that time, when they were having problems with the project, John Carpenter was like, Bob Clark, you should make a sequel to Black Christmas. That movie's great. There's plenty of potential. It has quite a bold ending that we won't spoil here, but yeah. you can do a lot with going forward. You can make a lot of different kinds of sequels with this. And Bob Clark said, this is my last horror movie, the one that we're making right now, John Carpenter. After this, I don't ever want to make another horror movie. If you want to do it, you know, figure it out. Oh, and, wow. I mean, John Carpenter basically acted on that and started mapping Halloween. out what would become Halloween. Yeah. And meanwhile, Bob Clark went off and made a Christmas story. Yes, that's my uh, favorite yeah. connection. <laughs> that the same guy that made Black Christmas also made a Christmas story. And Porky's. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, he has. He contains multitudes, Lizzie. He's a he's a uh, very interesting director okay. through his career. I yeah. might take that one off my list, but th that's well. I mean, I have to Porky's. <laughs> I won't go on a sidetrack for this too much, but walking through Blockbuster, that's one of the like VHS covers that I remember my dad like covering with his hand and being like, uh, "Move along, uh, not, <laughs> not Porky's." <that> <laughs> yeah, but it's. It, I love what it does with it. Builds off these ingrained ideas that we have of urban legends and, you know, these stories that kind of get passed around and everybody kind of knows. And it's based in part on a on a known urban legend from the 1960s that was pretty popular. The babysitter and the man upstairs is usually what it's called. And Ew. that might actually have some connection to a 1950 murder that really happened about somebody who was inside the house. But Ugh. it's it's this ongoing kind of, you know, fear that people have had for years and and Bob Clark found a way to tell that story that we were already kind of afraid of but haven't seen it done exactly in this this way. Yeah, I mean it taps in really well into the sort of like, you know, the the idea is that you're safe at home, right? And I, yes. this is kind of in some ways the first movie I feel like where you are not safe at home. I I also have to very quickly last thing on this is that this movie and Gremlins I think have the world's most useless uh police officers. <laughs> I've, it, it's like it's a running thing through both that the cops are just like, well, what I are you telling know. me? Yeah. I don't know about that. It's like, oh, the gremlins ones are actively drunk and like laughing at them about yes. the little green men. Yeah, they're, they're the most useless. There's there's and, at least one drunk one in this, too, because it, it's Christmas. Sure. And, you know, <laughs> sure. Everyone wants to let loose at the, yeah. at the office Christmas party. But it's when the people are coming in saying a girl's been murdered in the park and someone's missing. And now we're missing a third person. And they're like, ah. Oh. Gee, you think these might be connected? But absolutely <laughs> loved this. Highly recommend it. If you've never seen Black Christmas like I hadn't, make sure you check it out. And I don't know. I guess watch it with your family. Don't watch it with your kids. This one is nope. legitimately scary. Yes, and violent. Yeah. So moving on to our last sort of official choice on the list at number four is 2019's The Lodge, which you can stream on Hulu. Now, the synopsis of this is a soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiancé's two children at a remote holiday village. Just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening events take place. It's got a 6.1 out of 10 with around 40,000 ratings. And it is written and directed by Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz, who I will get to in a little bit because I'm a, a bit of a bit of a Severin and Veronica stan, if you will. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I, I like them a lot. So it stars Riley Keough as Grace, who is the new stepmom. 
and her fiance, played by Richard Armitage, uh, met whilst he was, I guess, casually producing or, or researching some kind of documentary on a death cult uh, of which mm-hmm. Grace was the only survivor. It is seemingly heavily implied that that is influenced by Heaven's Gate, which if that's something that you were interested in, there's a lot of other excellent podcasts um, on that subject. So definitely check that out. That's some real life horror right there. Now, without spoiling anything, I will tell you that the ex-wife is played by Alicia Silverstone in a short but really chilling performance. This is the one you recommended for me to watch and I have not seen before. And I, you know, I, I love horror. I try to catch all the horror movies and this one just kind of slipped through the cracks and I'm glad I watched it because it chilled me to the bone. Yeah. You know what? It's my favorite kind of horror because it's a very psychological horror movie. There are really no jump scares. In many ways, this movie reminds me of my favorite horror movies, which tend to be much older ones. The, The ones that came to mind for me watching this are like Gaslight. Uh, with Ingrid Bergman, and I will not share any plot details um, as to why that is a close comparison. Um, yeah. Okay. The, the sure. other one is The Night of the Hunter. There's there's just like a sort of slow creeping dread in this movie that does not let up for the entire time. And I don't know about you, Alex, but I w- was so impressed by Riley Keough in this. She's Incredible. I I've seen her in a few things and have been impressed by everything. I loved her in Zola. Yes. For one, which is kind of the opposite of this role. Yes. <laughs> and uh yeah, she can kind of do it all. I'm I was really impressed. And and the journey that you take with her into her mind is so impressive. And to make that turn and that evolution work is really difficult and to still be compelling and interesting is really a feat. And yeah, I, I loved her in this. I, everyone's good. The kids are really the good. The kids and, are amazing. Yeah. So it's got um, Jaden Martell and Leah McHugh, both of whom have gone on to do some major things, obviously Jaden and Knives Out. And then Leah was just in Eternals. So the, those oh, are right. two to watch as well. She's um, Sprite. Yeah, she's Sprite. They're, they're really great. And I, you know, kids in horror movies, I feel like it goes one of two ways. They're either excellent or they're a little tough to watch, and these definitely fall into the excellent category. Uh, they really knock it out of the park. This goes back to my wife's great joke. Your movie is only as good as your worst child actor. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but the thing is, when you get a really good one, there's something so... I feel like I'm talking about children as though there's some sort of item you can buy at a store. Um, <laughs> when... When you it's when Christmas, you when you all. find a fresh one, um, <laughs> they they can really elevate the film. I think because they can be so unassuming. Yes, and it it makes it feel so much more real. And I feel like both of the kids in this really nailed that. I mentioned the directors previously. They're also the writers. If you are a fan of horror, check both of them out. They are Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala. They made a movie back in 2014 called Goodnight Mommy, which is the first time that I became... Our producer is shaking his head, no, 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 because I think he has seen it. Um, (laughs) Yes, Ian, I am going to talk about it. So if you've not seen this, I I will give you a warning at the top of this. It is one of the most upsetting movies I've, I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. It's. I remember sitting in the movie theater and tears were rolling down my face because I was too scared to close my eyes. So that is Good Night, Mommy. It's the same <laughs> writer and director. Uh, if you check out The Lodge and you enjoy The Lodge, go and watch Good Night, Mommy. Um, it, it's truly, truly incredible. All I'll tell you is it follows two children uh, who are staying alone in their house and their mother returns home after getting plastic surgery 
And they become increasingly convinced that the woman who's wrapped in a face full of bandages may not be their mother. But they're just so they're so good at building tension. Um, check them out. I love them. They don't have many more movies in the works right now. So please, please, please make more movies just for me. I would want to watch them. All right. Well, those are our four choices uh, for our favorite holiday horror movies. But we went ahead and asked you guys what your favorite holiday horror movies were as well. And we got some amazing responses on uh, Twitter and Facebook. So I want to go through a couple of those. Alex, you have not heard these. There is one that I think you're going to be very excited about. But the most mentioned were Gremlins and Krampus. So our number one and number two, followed closely by Black Christmas. That's great. We're three out of four. And then it is Better Watch Out, which uh, is also... I believe a fun. I actually have not seen Better Watch Out, but that's it's was, a fun one. A friend of mine wrote it, so I, yeah. I must endorse it. Yes, good friend Zach Con wrote that, and it's a, it's it's a it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a twisty one too. So if you like The Lodge, I think you'll like Better Watch Out. Awesome. So those were the four most recommended, but I do want to call out some other ones that got some shout outs. Uh, Kelsey Z on Facebook says Rare Exports. Uh, yes. The suspense and dread is phenomenal, and the escalation is incredibly satisfying. I love cheesy holiday horror, too, but this is one of the few that tackles the lore in a serious, compelling, and sinister way. I agree. Uh, this was actually fifth on our list. We wanted to include this. Yeah, we almost did. And there's actually two short films that the director uh, and the filmmaking company made prior to the film that kind of expand the lore and take the lore in some other directions. But yeah, just going into the whole kind of history of Santa Claus and his elves, and it's Really, really wild. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I, I highly yeah. recommend Rare Exports. Unexpected. Definitely check it out. Yes, unexpected is the word. Um, yes. This one does feature some full frontal, uh, let's call it Santa nudity. So I guess just be aware of that. There's a full frontal running mm-hmm. Santa-esque nudity. So I was not prepared for that, but I will make sure that you are before you go ahead and watch it. <laughs> the second one I wanted to call out, and this is one that we did get a couple of suggestions for, was Silent Night, Deadly Night. Sure. Chris C. at Cold Milk on Twitter says, an unquestionable holiday classic 80s slasher schlock with a punishing Santa. This is just so much fun for me. Yeah, it's a good one. It's really, it's creepy. It's depraved. It's very much like the 80s slasher escalation, you know, after after Halloween, you get all of, yeah. And after Black Christmas, this is where people are like, we're going to take it to the extremes. And I think the second one goes even uh weirder and wilder cool and then this final one alex i'm i'm so excited to share this with you because i feel certain that you're going to go watch this uh shortly after this podcast but this is from phil a on facebook who says santa jaws no i did not make that up that is a film that happened uh and you know what you really didn't make it up i went ahead and looked it up on imdb and therefore it is a movie um i also watched the teaser and whew it is a it is a ride. As far as I can tell, the tagline is "Ho ho ho, you son of a fish." So if that doesn't sell you right off the bat, I don't know what will. Um, the synopsis is: Trying to survive the family Christmas, Cody makes a wish to be alone, which ends up backfiring when a shark manifests and kills his entire family. Honestly, I, the teaser is about a minute long, and I I think it shows you most of the kills in the entire movie there's some harpoon situations i'm intrigued as to how santa jaws maneuvers between the ocean and a swimming pool but i guess we'll have to watch it and find out 
Christmas magic. Yeah. I have seen this trailer, Lizzie. <laughs> really? I, I oh yeah. I I don't remember how I stumbled upon it, but I saw a shark with its fin. Yes, with a Santa with a, hat. With a Santa hat on the fin, and I was like, uh huh, yep. <laughs> and I see that it's actually on Prime right now. So oh. uh, yeah, you're right. As soon as we're done recording, uh, let's wrap this up so I can go uh, watch Santa Jaws. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> and get into the Christmas spirit. Yes, immediately. All right. Well. That's uh, that's pretty much it for our special Christmas Eve holiday horror episode. Alex, anything else you want to? No, I think we did it. And we put Santa Jaws back on my watch list. So this has been Thank a God. big success. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We are going to be off next week. We will be celebrating the new year, but we still want to hear from you. So if you could tell us what TV shows and movies you are the most excited for coming in 2022, that would be a lovely little New Year's gift for us. Uh, tweet at IMDb with the hashtag IMDb is obsessed or just go ahead and email us at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com. And again, we want to know what movies and TV shows you are the most excited for in 2022. Please do our job for us. Tell us what we should cover uh, moving forward. Yeah, we'll cover it on the show. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if we're obsessed with it, of course. Yes, naturally. See you next week. Nope. And see you next year. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>